Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Bar, Nick, and with me, as always, it's Gator. And we have a couple of special guests on the line. We have Neil and Lori. They are the co-owners of Max Smoke Shop in Palo Alto, California. And they are dealing with some uh, government oppression, and we wanted to give them a a chance to kind of talk about that and talk about how you guys, our listeners, can help them out in their fight uh, to keep their business open. So, But before we get into that, we are going to be smoking the final cigar from the May My Monthly Cigars box. And this cigar would be the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real. We're smoking the Toro size, 6x54, which features an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, a Dominican binder, and Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. That's awesome. So, Sounds yummy. Yeah, I need yeah. to get mine out of the cellophane. Oh, Lord. I thought you did that already. I want it to be fresh. Oh, okay. So, okay, there we I go. I appreciate that. So, all right. Well, now that we've... Uh, I want to get into business here, so I'm going kind of quick. Absolutely. So, so, it's now time that we go ahead and cut the cigar, and the cut is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And I know Dan Ponder over there at Riverman has been working hard throughout all the COVID stuff to, to continue to supply cigars to everybody. And the, the rules have been kind of loosened in St. Louis County now, but Dan, being a, uh, a smart business owner who doesn't want to uh, tempt fate... He's, he's still got the lounge kind of shut down, but you can still pop into the shop. You can pick up your smokes, and he has a f- covered 1,500-square-foot uh, patio out in the front that if you bring a lawn chair or something like that, he's more than welcome to let you set up and Dan sit will accommodate and, you, yes. And he, he, he wants the conversation, folks. That's one of the things that Dan's told me is that he misses, you know, interacting and conversing with all the customers. So I miss conversing and interacting with him so there you go yep so but dan's got something for every taste from three dollars to a hundred dollars he does pickup he does the curbside and he's doing mail order so if you are in a uh place where your your government is a little bit more uh restricted on the covid stuff i mean we're sitting here in the people's republic of illinois which lord knows when we're going to be opened up but um exactly but it's one of those things you can always call up dan and get some nice cigars sent to you and he gets them out right away i mean i actually placed an order for a friend of mine uh through dan and i mean he's going to get them two days after we after i place the order so it's fantastic so Good anyway, stuff. so Riverman Cigar Company, Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time that we go ahead and cut the cigar. That is so impressive every time. I like the cutter. I like that new cutter. <laughs> what is that again? It's the Calibri SV cutter, actually. It's a, it's a nice, nice cutter that gives me both options. And I'll tell you, man, it's a beefy cutter. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's stout. It is. It, yes. I mean, it's a little heavy to carry in the pocket. but I'm using my perfect cut from Riverman. All right, then. Now, the Romeo he Julieta, I'll tell you. I, why, is it a, why is there a Y in it if it's he? Why, I, I'm lost. It's Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so the first cigar that I had was that Monte Cristo White series that you and I bought out in uh, Vegas. Yes. And after I got back, I found some other Monte Cristos. And they were all right. I mean, they weren't they weren't bad, but it, it none of them hit the same way that white series did. Yeah. And so I, that's when I started kind of exploring around. And man, I'll tell you, for a, a while, I was smoking the hell out of these 
uh, Romeo and Julietas. Oh, they're good sticks. So Quality. yeah, so I'm 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 looking forward to this. There so, you go. So as we light the cigar, I want to go ahead and introduce Neil and Lori. Now, you guys are the co-owners of Max Smoke Shop, located in Palo Alto, California. And if you don't mind, while we kind of light the cigars, uh, just give us a little bit of background about your shop and, and the rich history of your shop. Because, I mean, you guys have been around, what, 85 years, correct? Yes, we have. First of all, I wanted to take a minute and thank you guys for letting us come on. Uh, love your podcast. Love everything, all your posts. You guys are doing a great job out there. Sometimes I wish I was sitting next to you guys enjoying those beautiful cigars. I'll we tell can, you we what, can make that happen. I'll tell you what. You you have been a really good Instagram friend, and it's one of those things that it is on my list of, of places to go You know, around the country and visit. Um, and Jeff can attest to this. I have brought you guys up before saying, you know, if I make More it out to once, California, yes. I know I want to swing by Max. Well, if that day ever comes, uh, we'd love to host you. So you just let us know. Uh, we'd have a blast. Uh, we, we can start out in Palo Alto and enjoy Max, and then we can go into San Francisco, where our, both Lori and I are from, and we can enjoy uh, any any kind of cuisine. It, it, just like you guys, Chicago, we got we got everything in our little town of San Francisco. That's awesome, beautiful. Yeah, we're about we're actually about four and a half hours south of Chicago. We're we're only about fifteen minutes out of St. Louis. So we, oh, gotcha. no, so, so yeah, no, it's, it's fine, but we, we tend to, uh, we tend to, uh, not own the, uh, Chicago land area and, and, and embrace the same. <laughs> We're in Louis Illinois, not bit, Chicago, you know, yeah. but no, but it's funny you say that because we actually started off our, uh, what, what is the name of the revival, Nick? Uh, we, we, we did a travel, well, we were going to do a lot more traveling this year and we were calling it the, uh, Nick and Gator traveling freak show and cigar evangelical revival. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our first stop was up in Chicago earlier this year, and then we hit Indianapolis, and, and then COVID and then COVID hit. COVID. So yeah, kind of put a halt to the travel, a damper so. on the world tour. Yeah, no, I think I think that put a stop to everybody's travel, put a stop to everybody's everything. <laughs> a lot of fun, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you know, another thing, I think we missed uh, just barely in, in Vegas for TP twenty. So I, I think oh. we were side of the show, and you were on the other. So. So if it takes place again next year, we're definitely going to have to yeah, run into Yeah, definitely. I didn't a realize you, and a cocktail. I didn't realize you guys were out there. I apologize. Yeah, I was. I spent all my time on the red carpet, and I never made it over onto the blue, which was three quarters of the show floor. And he I was, had he was too fancy well, for the blue. No, carpet. I had every intention of actually <laughs> making it all around the blue on the last day of the show. And um, what ended up happening is I went out uh, with a. Uh, Cigar broker friend of mine, and that night, oh God, when did we get back? It was there are stories. It was like six in the morning. I think I got back to my room, so um, it, it it put a real slog on that last day. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, that just means you had a good time. And I did, if you're not having a good time in Vegas, you're not doing it. Right, I did brother. have a good time. I did, but yeah, it was it was hard to get motivated that last day. I'll say that much for, for sure. So. For sure. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Max. Please so do. Max in 1934 was founded uh, by uh, Ruth and, and Glenn. Uh, Lori, we McManus. McManus. Lori's great with names, so I'm gonna let her. <laughs> so R- Ruth and Ruth and Glenn uh, were a young, just barely married, and they started. It, it was a uh, newspaper stand, New York style newspaper stand here in downtown Palo Alto, and they did a really good job with it. And they, they started putting in candy and newspapers and. I'm sorry. Oh, and, and, and it had a shoe shine and, and it also had a barber shop in the back. 
So it's a great little building. Uh, the building was built in 1920. When we first came in there, it didn't even have 220 electricity. We had to uh, upgrade it and put 220 in there. Going back to uh, the early days, uh, they, they did a great job. Their son, after coming back from World War II, uh, I was always under the impression that he inherited the business, but he actually purchased the business from his mom and dad. So Al Mc Please help me with the last name. McMahon. McManus. <laughs> so, yeah. So Al uh, purchased it from uh, mom and dad and his daughter uh, and I are friends uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And, and she shares some wonderful stories that she as a little girl, uh, when when dad opened up the store, there was no door. So all it was was uh, one of those uh, uh, gates that comes down and the newspapers, people would come by and just take a paper and throw the change. And one of her first duties when they got there in the morning was to go, go around the shop and picking up all the coins if they rolled away. Wow. So, you know, so we're, we're talking, you know, uh, great history in this little shop. After Al in uh, the late 70s, early 80s, we don't have an exact date. Uh, Tom and uh, Tom Del Sardo and, and Bob Dugan purchased it. Uh, two fellas uh, that worked together at, at a beer distributing company, a Coors beer distributing company, as a matter of fact. And uh, so for me, uh, well, out of college, I worked for uh, 7-Up Bottling Company out of San Francisco. And my territory came from San Francisco all the way south up to Palo Alto. And at my end of my day, I would stop and, and use the pay phones. That's when they, we used to get rolls of quarters to call in our orders. And I would use the pay phones along the Max alleyway. And uh, after that, I would just go in and, and get a candy bar or or a water or beverage. And I always thought the world of this place. Then come to find out later that Lori and her dad used to visit Max before they go to Stanford games. So her dad would go in there and get some snacks, maybe a cigar. And, and so we, we always had this connection as, as you know, young, me as a young adult, Lori is maybe a more of a, you know, a child uh, with Max. Wow. So when I ran into uh, Tom Del Sardo, um, in, in further in my career, uh, Tom and I, he, he was, uh, uh, he was with, he was, uh, I think he was with Coors West out of San Mateo and I was with uh, 7-Eleven and we sat next to each other and we introduced each, uh, ourselves to each other. And, and I told him, he told me that his partner and him owned Max and I'm like, Oh, I love Max. And we left it at that. And a couple of years later, he gives me a call out of the blue. He goes, Hey, my uh, partner and I want to retire. What do you think about buying Max? Went home, so excited, talked to my wife. We called Tom. I got together with him for a beer and a burger, and we shook hands, and the rest is history. We own Max. Wow, that's that's amazing. Very cool. And what's really cool is, I mean, that you guys bought a business that you both had personal history into. Yeah. You know, and, well, and I, I work at Stanford, too, and I'm, I went in for a job interview, and there was this poster um, it was like a framed poster and it was called Doors of Palo Alto. And right there on the poster First spot. was Max. Wow. So what happened, yeah, what happened, they ended up um, demolishing the building I was in and I asked if I could buy the poster. So now the poster is hanging up at yeah. Max. Wow. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, there's just, you know, it, it basically it's, it's an icon 
in the community. You know, people I work with are like, oh, my God, Max is yours. And I'm like, yeah, they like, we didn't know that. I mean, I don't sit there and go around and announce it because Neil's the brains behind the whole um, business. But it's just, you know, you've probably seen the outside of the building. It's just you know, a quaint storefront. It's had the same sign forever. Yeah. You know, you've got that that recognition um, and the name, and it's just. You, I, I'm going to try not to hop on my soapbox too much about <laughs> the bureaucracy that we're up against right now. Well, we can get into um, the yeah, bureaucracy. We're, we're fine <laughs> with you getting on the yeah. soapbox. Yeah, yeah, we can get into that in a minute. But first, uh, I want to catch up on the cigar here. So Jeff and I have lit the cigar, but prior to lighting, I did do a cold draw, Jeff. I also did the cold retro. Okay, see, and so on the cold draw, I kind of got like a creamy nuttiness. Yep. I don't know what you got. Almost a nutmeg. Nah, not a nutmeg. Yeah, I just got. I kind of got that creamy. Kind of got that spicy, like all spice nutmeg flavor. So what are you? uh, And also got that on the cold retro. Nick doesn't like the cold retro because it's a thing, and I think I created it, and he doesn't like that. So, I think it's he doesn't. He doesn't like to admit it that it works, but but it does. All you're doing is smelling the cigar. You're just doing it a little bit more intimately, I guess. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, but then uh, as for the smoke itself, Jeff. Um, I mean, it's smoking well. I mean, I like Romeo and Juliet's. I, you know, it's it's just a good cigar. Um, and it, and I hate to say it, it's not one that I have sitting in my humidor, readily available. But it's it's probably one of the more readily available cig- cigars that you can find in shops that may just have small humidors here, there, and yonder. It's Dude, it's kind it's- of a a general stick that you can find many places. I and and see it's kind of appropriate that we're smoking it while we're while we're talking to the owners of Max here because I kind of look at it as like it's one of those stalwart like classic brands. It is. That, the 1875 that every, that, can't go wrong. Yeah, that everybody knows and it's one of those things where, you know, when you think of cigars, you could think of you know, Macanudo, Monte Cristo, Romeo Juliet, Cohiba. And for the folks out in Palo Alto when they're thinking about iconic locations we're, we're now talking about max smoke shop so going into that you guys are having a little bit of government overreach you know you put it you couldn't have put it any better than that it, it is uh, unfortunately government overreach i'll start a little bit but m- my bride here is more in, in detail and she's been working so hard with uh, palo alto city council i have to give props out to the mayor of palo alto and the vice mayor of palo alto uh, and and uh, help. council member Liz Niss, who who's been around and, and and we thought by having, you know, such quality mayor and vice mayor and, and, and council that this would be something that, you know, we were concerned about it, but we didn't realize it was going to get to this magnitude so that we feel the, the other four council members just don't understand what 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 they did and like i said i'll just say one last thing before Lori jumps on board what they did is they they tried to fix something with a sledgehammer instead of scalpel unfortunately that seems to be the problem relating to tobacco across the country and even at a national level so it doesn't really surprise me that that's were were they went, were they but... trying to go after vape and just caught you guys in the same net is that what went on yeah so so how this all started was it was back in December of 2019 and a couple of the council members who um, one of them has kids in the local high school in Palo Alto 
And then another one who is just anti-everything um, proposed an ordinance for the, an emergency ordinance. I'll, let me even say that. Where they wanted to ban, ban all vaping products and electronic cigarettes because of the teen vaping epidemic. Okay. okay. And I want to be super clear. They were like gung-ho about vape, vape, vape. Okay. Vape. Understand. Okay. okay. Yeah. Get it. We yeah. get it. Yeah. All of that. Where they're not drawing the distinction is between flavored tobacco and flavored vape products. I think they lump it all together and they think of it all as the same type of product. So they want to eliminate not only e-cigarettes and vape, but now flavored tobacco as well. Well, that's been around forever. That's the staple. That's the core of part of what Max is about. It's the culture. It dates back to, you know, forever pipe tobacco. I, I don't know all the flavors. Neil can talk about that, but they're they're not knowledgeable about it. And the whole, you know, the whole effort is to keep this away from teens. Well, one of the things I wrote about, I said, I have yet to find a teen who smokes pipe tobacco. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know any, I've never heard of it being a draw for a teen, nothing like that. So these people don't get it. So they just want to like, you know, take, like Neil said, the sledgehammer, smash it and be done and move on. Well, the, you know, where's the human element of a small business? For people, we're, we don't have the backing of some large corporation or some, you know, tobacco company. We're a little shop that works there to pay our bills. We have a tremendous sense of pride in what we do. We don't want to get tobacco products into the hands of kids. That's not what this is about. And I wrote to the city council and I said, so how would your city council feel if all of a sudden you get a message? Oh, by the way, you're not going to have a job in 60 days, but we, you know, you still are expected to pay your mortgage and buy your kids food and pay your utility bill. They're missing the human element. There are people behind this little shop that, you know, on a good day, we're what, 1,500 square feet? And that's not yes. even the, the, like, we'll call it usable full area of the store because it's the store front that, you know, is the majority of it. And I mean, they're just, it, it's just, it's, I cried. And, you know, it's just, it's horrible. It's just horrible. And then on top of it, the whole coronavirus and COVID-19, I mean, that knocked us down to begin with. Now you have the double whammy. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to do this. And they're basically, and they, and a lot of it, they allege they're pro-business, pro-small business, I should say. Well, that's not the message that I'm getting right now. Definitely. <laughs> And if we can put a, a, a plug for our, our uh, counterparts in Palo Alto, this is going to affect uh, us and uh, three vape shops because they're about 90% of their business is purely vape. I, I met with those gentlemen. But it's also going to affect uh, a hookah lounge where uh, when I met with David, the owner of the hookah lounge, he showed me his pride and joy, him standing next to Shaquille O'Neal uh, uh, smoking a hookah. I'm not a big hookah guy. But I'll tell you, it smelled nice in there. Yeah. But hookah is a flavored tobacco. So 
he can't even – he's closed right now, and we have until July. So he goes, I won't be able to even move my merchandise. Not only I don't have a job in July, but my savings, which is my inventory, is also gone too now because there's nothing I can do with it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and the hookah, the hookah lounge has been there, he said, 16 years. And, you know, he's got kids. He's got a feed. I mean, it, 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 it's just it, it, they're decimating us, yeah. you know, no. um, and, and without and we don't even get there's no fair fight here. Yeah. Now, I wanted to touch base on something. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys do sell vape products, correct? We, we do. We okay. do vape, vape product. I have to tell you. Uh, we can do without it, but that's what I, five, I that's yeah, what I wanted to get years, to. Yeah, yeah, it picked up, but but again, it, it was only been around for five years. If they say to us, and you know, they could have actually called us. They could have just said, "Hey, uh, Max, uh, you know, we've we've been having so much trouble with you know the teens uh, shoulder tapping, etc. We've passed everything uh, that uh, if in the last as long as they've had things, we've never had a violation of selling to underage." Okay. So we would have been we like Lori and I said we have our youngest is just graduating high school. We would do anything to keep you know uh, vape away from teenagers. That's not what the goal here is for Max. We would have just took we would have totally took it out ourselves. But they no one even came to us. And and the three people who you know are are working with us are the three people who actually have been in the Max. The other four don't even know. And we're downtown Palo Alto. How can you be a councilman in Palo Alto and not know what downtown is? Yeah, yeah. So, so to be, I just want to make this clear for the listeners. You are, you guys are saying, hey, we're fine with with letting go of the vape, but it is the type of the pipe tobacco, and I assume you guys probably carry some flavored cigars like um, I, the Drew Estate acids and that kind of stuff. Bad bottom well. betting and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And that's the all, stuff that's all, like, really going to just decimate you. Correct. Correct. Between between that and and uh, uh, the chewing tobacco right now, chewing tobacco is huge for us. We do a great deal. And and I, I won't mention the name, but I have uh, uh, one of the batting coaches from uh, the Giants who lives not in Palo Alto, but close by, uh, comes in every Monday to pick up his cinnamon flavored chewing tobacco. So so I mean, that that is something that's popular. It, I don't know. I know when I was growing up, uh, uh, teens, but back then there was no even there wasn't even uh, um, um, age that you can't buy cigarettes or tobacco. Uh, there was uh, chewing tobacco was popular. But right now, I don't think chewing tobacco is popular for us here in, in California, Northern California. Teens are not, you know, they're, we're, they're not cowboys and and stuff like that. But I have to admit, chewing tobacco is something uh, the flavored there's, I want to say, over 60 different flavors, maybe even more, and we would only be able to sell uh, Snuff and maybe two others like Copenhagen Straight and uh, Kodiak. But all the other ones, I know, I think Kodiak is a wintergreen, so I don't think we can even sell Kodiak. So we would lose all that. We would lose the, uh, the right to sell any methylated cigarettes and, again, all flavored tobacco you can uh, imaginable. So that would be very detrimental to our business. And if I could say another thing, like with the flavored tobacco, here's where I think the um, misconceptions are. You know how the vapes have all the like Kool-Aid and fruity pebbles. I'm making, yeah. uh, you know, the catchphrase yeah. type of 
product. Sadly, you're not you too far off. To, so, yeah. Yeah, you don't have 2D fruity cigars or whatever. It's 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 just completely different. So these people need to be educated also on the products that they're looking to take away. You know, one of the one of the councilmen in particular said that how his son commented how the restroom always smelled like cotton candy. Well, that's a vape flavor. Yeah, I don't yeah. know any cigars, cotton candy flavored cigars. You know, so it, that doesn't sound too appetizing. Does not it? really. No. no, not at all. <laughs> Just anyway, and, 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 I, and I'm a guy that'll smoke a peach swisher, so no, it doesn't sound good at all. Right, and, right. And you know, if I could say something else, I honestly think right now the um, oversight of the 21 and older being able to purchase tobacco is probably harsher than trying to go into a liquor store. I think there's probably people are paying more attention to that. Well, you know, and, and don't get me started about, uh, you know, marijuana. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Palo Alto jumped all over that way early. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me ask you this. You've got four, you said three or four council members. Um, that that are that are kind of coming at you on this. So so there's seven. So seven three voted total. our okay. way and four vote against us. Have you have you done any kind of uh, outreach? You know, I, I'm I'm a journalist, so I'm I'm coming at this from a journalistic standpoint. Have you invited those four people into the shop and they've just declined? Have they come in and talked to you? What 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 have you tried to do there? And you and you know what, Gator, I'm glad you asked that question. And the reason my wife was chuckling. That the moment which had happened on Monday, what was the date that the it vote? Was May 18th. May May eighteenth. It, it ended at midnight. Uh, the Zoom council meeting. Oh. Uh, right after it ended, my wife basically emailed every single one uh, councilman uh, uh, Wiz Niss. Niss. Uh, we she she mentioned that she wanted to do a field trip, so we offered to to host them to have them come down. And one one councilman, um, the one that didn't know what vape is. Oh, Tanaka. Uh, councilman Tanaka didn't know what vape is, so we asked if he wanted to come down and you know see what a vape product is, so we can educate him. Yeah. So we try we tried everything, and like like I said, and the the mayor and the vice mayor and councilman this are definitely very knowledgeable, and it looks like they've been around and understand. First of all, small business looks like they understand. You know uh, what 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 you know maybe icons such as max means a, a town and forget being an icon coming off COVID 19 how how can the timing even make sense yeah, yeah. i mean uh, one, one of the questions that came out from one of the meetings was like how are we going to get palo alto started again but now it's like it doesn't seem like you care it looks like you know as long as it's not you know, uh high tech and Google and Apple and, and, and you know you could be 85 years old. And one one councilman Koo said it. Uh, um, if we can save two kids, it's worth closing the businesses down. Did she not quote that? Yeah. Yep. Something to that fact. How far are you from the next town that they can just go buy it there? Three minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's it's I, just I, insanity. Trust me, I have I I told my story and emailed them seven ways from Sunday articulating there and other people have said it too. They're just going to go down the street, you know, and it, it, 
And the council members acknowledge they did. This, that taking away the vape product, it's not going to solve the problem. To them, it's baby steps, a step in the right direction. But you know what? These kids are smart. They're savvy. And oh, and let me just say something. Palo Alto is an affluent community. Okay. So these kids have money too. So they're, they're going to navigate. But, but I'm not saying that's okay. But I mean, I think they're just missing the point, you know, that there's the landmines are still out there. You know, it's it's we're we're being penalized. We, the retailers are being you probably heard this before for you guys, too. We, the retailers are being penalized for the choices that kids are making that they shouldn't be doing. I didn't make them go buy vape. I'm not inviting them to come buy vape. And I don't sell them vape if they're not over legal age. So we, in turn, have to take the hit for it. And, and there's been a couple of nice articles on our uh, defense that's come out with Palo Alto Daily. Um, uh, we've had actually uh, three days in a row where they spoke of the issue and uh, Saturday's uh uh, article was basically the history of Max. I, I don't know if you gentlemen have access to uh, getting that online and Palo Alto Weekly. It's not made uh, the major newspapers yet, but we're hoping with time it does. And 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 we, uh, we uh, um, legal counsel is saying we're not going to ask for an exemption. We're asking to be grandfathered in, which gotcha. makes perfect sense. And, and then the other thing, just so you know, so like, you know, um, there's a city um, right by Palo Alto called Los Altos. So oh, there's yes. a very, very, very old little tobacconist there called Edwards. Um, I think it's Edwards Pipe and Tobacco, something like that. And what happened, Los Altos was go, doing the same thing where they were going to ban all of this and they exempted this one, the only one, the only one in the town, in the town. And they said, we want to mirror what Palo Alto did. So they took a page out of Palo Alto. So, so I, I guess, let me ask you this. Um, and you know what, before I get into my next question, I'm going <laughs> to uh, circle back to Nick on the cigar here real quick. Cause I'm burning through this pretty quick. Yeah. So. No, this is going good. Um, nice. I'm still getting that, that kind of creamy nettiness. I'm starting to pick up a little on. pepper. I haven't done a retro hail at all. Well, so let's do that. I was going to say, why don't, you know, if you want to go ahead and do that. Oh. Pepper. A lot of pepper on the retro. There is some pepper on the retro. But it's smooth enough that Nick didn't even cough, and nope. Nick always coughs. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. It's, uh, you know, like I said, these are just good quality sticks. And, it, 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 again, it's one of those situations where I... Don't when when I go to a cigar shop, I normally don't pick this up because I know in a pinch that I can find it at a lot of different stores. Precisely. So it's not one, and I don't know why. You know that that doesn't really make any sense. But it's not one I keep stocked in the humidor. No, but it's one that you know that when you do go to it, it's yeah. Gonna if be I'm good. if I'm out somewhere and don't have a cigar and want one, this is probably the stick I'm going to pick up at. You know some of the. Oh, liquor stores and different things throughout oh, Southern I mean, Illinois. Yeah, so. you see them all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, circling back, um, Lori, let me ask you this real quick. So what, what can our listeners do um, as far as helping you out? Because obviously we, we have a following and, 
you know, we're, we've been pretty open here on the cigar pulpit that we're not real big into the government intrusion, um, whether it's, you know, smoking products, you know, premium cigars or anything that's done here in the state of Illinois, for that matter. So what what can our listeners do to help you? Well, so I, if they would be willing to email the city council and I um, and, you know, and talk about how news of Max reached all the way to the Midwest. That's how well-known the place is. Wow, that would be awesome. Um, You know, I think that would go a long way to get these people perhaps to get their heads out of their... Be nice. Keisters. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Good one. Um, (laughs) I would normally say yes, but I'll tone it down for you. (laughs) Well, well, and and then I get all emotional and wound up, and then it's get sideways well, but, is, we're just a little well, this passionate is, here this is your life i get that yeah. and and this is a government body trying to essentially crush you they're still going to expect you i i if you own your building there to pay your real estate taxes or whoever does own it but they're in a in a sense just completely destroying your uh small business yeah yeah yes in a nutshell so an email, you know, from afar, I think would speak volumes. And also if the people were willing to talk about, you know, even how flavored tobacco products such in, that are in cigars and, you know, how long it's been around that this isn't some new manufactured um, fad that just popped up. You know, as a, it's not like a chia pet of tobacco. This has been around forever. Okay, okay. In a, in a nutshell, what my, my wife's trying to say <laughs> it is an email expressing, you know, that, that, that we can keep flavored tobacco. We don't care about vape, but be able to sell what the tra- traditional tobacco has been sold at max. We sell loose pipe tobacco by the, by the pound, uh, by, you know, weight. And we have our own uh, uh, blend. And our own blend actually has a, a, a bit of vanilla in it. So it, it, we, we've been able to sell our own blend that we've been selling since 1934. Wow. Well, and, and I'll say this um, consistently, and, and it was one of our top two states. We've had some other states come on, but California is consistently in our top five states with listeners. So, you know, whether, whether you're in Texas or you're in California or Pennsylvania or Indiana or Illinois or Missouri, Florida, wherever yeah, you wherever. are, uh, you know, Bjorn over in Sweden. I was going to say, we could yeah. even get some people from Sweden. <laughs> and stuff. So <laughs> I, I looked Do up, it. so I looked up the, the email address and the email address, correct me if I'm wrong, is city.council at city of Palo, P-A-L-O dot org. No, it's Palo Alto. Yeah, that that was an error on my part. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, then. Go ahead. Say it again, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's city.council at cityofpaloalto.org. And that's P-A-L-O-A-L-T-O. Correct. Yes. And I think everybody in their subject line, and again, the name of the shop is Max, M-A-X, correct? Uh, M-A-C. M-A-C, Okay. M-A-C-S. M-A-C-S. So M-A-C-S, I think everybody should put Save Max in the subject line. wonderful. Wonderful. And it's M-A-C-S. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. 
So once again, just to reiterate, the email address is city.council at cityofpaloalto.org. Perfect. And yep. we'll need to put that on the post as well. Yeah, we'll put that out. Yeah. So oh, we'll, awesome, we'll do what Jonah. we can to get that out for you. And I, I'm oh. also a, uh, I, you know, I smoke cigars mainly, but I also have a pipe and have different flavored pipe tobaccos in my humidor. And for them to lump that in again with vape is just absolutely ridiculous. That, that's exactly how we feel. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, and, and the part that I don't like I don't like the idea of government picking winners and losers in terms of businesses and saying, hey, we want uh, COVID's impacted the community and we need to get our businesses going back again, except you guys. Except we're going to crush yeah. Max. Yeah. 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 So it's crazy. Well, well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, fellas, uh, talking to you kind of gave us a little pep in our spirit because we, <laughs> we've been hanging our head pretty low for the, for the last week. When- so talk, talking to you guys... It, 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 means a lot we're getting that from our customers and, and some really nice emails so um we we feel we feel we're on the right track now when yeah, thank you. when it oh thank you guys for coming on so when is the city council vote so what it is well they already voted but what they have on june 8th so timing is of the essence here they do what they call the first reading of the ordinance and i think at that point there's still time to make changes and modifications yes. to all of this. I'm not I have some government background and yes, you're correct. Yeah. Yes. So they do they do a first reading June 8th. They do the second reading June 22nd and then 30, 30 days, days following that. the second reading the ordinance will go into effect and basically that's when July 22nd. July 22nd effectively no more flavored tobacco and no more vaping products. And actually the, the um, city staff has reached out oh, to yes. the people that um, the I have to give a, a shout out to the staff members, um, Julie Weiss and Phil Bobel. They were wonderful and they were trying to reach a compromise because they recognized what the, what this would do to the small businesses. So Phil and Julie have been great. They're, they have to do their job. And so, you know, they're directed by the council members. And they did do their job. They did do their and job. And came back and council still voted against like, it. Like threw up all over it. Um, well, I like that. okay. So let me ask you this. Um, you guys, I'm guessing, went to that meeting or it was a Zoom meeting. Is the uh, June, which, what, 8th? Did we say it was June 8th is the first is the reading. June 8th a Zoom meeting or will they be meeting in person? No, it's a Zoom meeting. And anyone who wants to speak, they have a public comment section. Anyone can speak and they're allowed two minutes, two minutes to state their points of view. Now, do they have any funky rules that you have to request time prior or can you just get on the Zoom call and nope, you can okay. just get on the Zoom call. But what does happen is if if emails are submitted prior to the city council meeting, they become public record and anyone who looks at the agenda online can then see um, the emails that have been submitted. And once you get on the Zoom call, there, there's a spot where you, you, you kind of click in to raise your hand, and then you'll be put on the list to speak. Gotcha. Okay. Well, obviously, we are encourage, heavily encouraging all of our listeners to, at the very least, send an email. Our, our California-based listeners, um, because I think, I you know, realistically, 
Um, I'm not asking all of our listeners to get onto the Zoom call and, uh, you know, speak I will. on this. I mean, you will. <laughs> I will. But, but I, I, screw, screw that. Get on but, there and tell them. But coming from a, a little bit of government background, I mean, having at least California residents speaking to it, I think would be would be helpful. But but yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to necessarily tell people they shouldn't get on the Zoom call. But well, yeah, and, and if flood, someone, flood them with stuff. If someone from around the country wanted to get on the Zoom call, I think a good point to make is, the fact that your business draws in clientele, I'm sure, from outside of Palo Alto. And you've oh, got yeah. the whole tourist aspect of people coming to your historic shop. And, you know, we may want to mention that, you know, that's the reason we would come to Palo Alto and then spend money in your restaurants and spend money at your gas stations and look at your other shops. And you know what? If Max isn't there, maybe we're not going to do that. It's a valid point. Wow. And you know what? And let me just say one other thing. So there is um, Stanford Shopping Center. Um, that's in Palo Alto. It's a destination. It is a destination. People actually have tour buses that come and like see the shopping center. And you have some high rollers from who spend money. And that population of people that come visit I are, are the type of people that would come to our shop. Oh, let, I'll, just one little antidote here. So who was it? The Prince of Saudi Arabia. Yes. Yes. Came to town and he stayed at um, the I, Four Seasons. I guess Hotel. They, they own the Four Seasons. So, so, so he, he pretty much um, reserved the whole hotel and uh, executive chef that was cooking his dinner. Uh, it was, uh, um, 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 God, I can't think of the cigar that they wanted. And we, we, we were able to get them a box of the cigar. I think it was a Dunhill. Uh, uh, and we, we got them a box of cigar where the, they came out and we were able to uh, post that. Wow. So that, that was wonderful. That, I have to admit that was been a couple of years back. And uh, so we do get some, as, as you said, some tourists. And, you know, I've never met royalty before, so it, but I still didn't get to meet him. I met the executive chef who cooked dinner for him, but it was the closest I ever got to royalty. Nonetheless, you have, you have dignitaries coming through and either through their their assistants or themselves coming in and patronizing your shop. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, have you guys reached out to any of your brokers, any of your big cigar lines that you carry? And ask their uh, companies to get involved and to get a hold of the city council as well. Wow, uh, Gator, we never even thought about that. So uh, thanks for the heads up. We just uh, Lori just took a note on that, and that that's a really good idea. We, right now, all we kind of been doing is just asking friends and and customers. Our customers are our friends, and and uh, uh, I, I have to admit, you know, even though you know we're you know our business uh, foot traffic is down due to COVID nineteen. Uh, downtown is like a ghost town for us right now. We we haven't really had any uh, loosen any restrictions. Uh, our 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 uh, uh, real estate is so high that uh, uh, the the restaurants are trying to come back with takeout from I think Wednesday to Saturday. So there's a little more uh, going on downtown. So we've been asking just our our customers and friends. But what a great idea! I didn't didn't even dawn on me. So uh, well. And I'd also go so far as to say, too, you know, you have different organizations. You have the PCA. You have uh, the uh, CRA, Cigar Rights of America. Um, you know, these guys get involved in these fights, and it might be one of those things where maybe they can come in and, and 
maybe issue some sort of letter or even a report. I mean, you know, I know the they when in their fights in Washington, you know, they've generated a lot of research about the average cigar uh, consumer and and the the eight the minimum age where most people start with premium cigars and that kind of thing. And so they've got all this data that they might be able to share with this city council that doesn't sound like they really know what they're talking about. Well, I, I tell you, you, you guys gave us some homework, and uh, we, we were so excited uh, that we were going to be with you guys tonight. Uh, we kind of rushed our, through our day, so uh, uh, love the homework, and and uh, definitely great having you guys put us on that right track. Definitely. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming on. Again, we're talking with Neil and Lori, uh, the owners of Max Smoke Shop in Palo Alto. And that's M-A-C-S. M-A-C-S. And folks, Save Max. Again, they need your help. So I want to say the email address one more time. They need you to email the Palo Alto City Council at city.council at cityofpaloalto.org. And just tell these city council members... That they are by doing this, they are they are effectively killing an 85 year old institution in their town. That the owners of Max have said, you know, they're they're more than willing to give up vape products, but but by going after the pipe tobacco and the the flavored cigars and that sort of thing, that they're just you're cutting their knees out from underneath them. And this yep. is not this isn't right, and this isn't fair. Wonderful. And again, like Nick said earlier, it's government picking winners and losers. And they should not be in that business. Yes. Yes. We, we couldn't have phrased it any better, yeah. gentlemen. Well, Neil and Lori, we want to thank you guys for coming on and sharing your story. And like I said, if you guys need anything else from us, you uh, you know how to reach me. And hopefully we'll be able to make our way out to Palo Alto and come by and, and visit your institution. Because I'm not going to lie. The other part of this that really fascinates me is the fact that you guys were an old newsstand for forever. And I assume still still get the daily papers. and Yes. Everything. Yeah. See, I yes. I love that that old newsstand kind of thing. You well, know, you're talking to two journalists. Yeah, here, we both so. own newspapers yeah. in Southern Illinois. So, oh, cool! You know, so uh, be- yeah. before I let you guys go, I need to also let you know we are the single uh, um, single unit newspaper distributor next to uh, the only person who outsells newspapers in us is the San Francisco airport. Wow! Yeah, as an entity, we're we're the only single like person who so, you know one stand that sells newspapers. So okay, so that adds a whole new element to this for me <laughs> because now not only are they taking away an institution in the the tobacco industry, but you're also denying residents the ability to get information and news about their local area in a quick and efficient manner. Yes. And so, I, that's, that's beautiful. You know, and I and and that's something else. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's another thing you guys need to be thinking about is finding out uh, a contact information for the California Press Association. Yep. And see if the the media uh, side of things can get a little more ramped up because, you know, realistically, if you guys are are only second to the San Francisco airport. There's a lot of newspaper companies that are probably going to be very upset to see all those newsstand sales go away. You know what? You're absolutely right. I, I, I think we do need to reach out. Obviously, the, the guys who drop off the paper are aware, but I'm not sure if their uh, you know, superiors know. So yeah. we, we, that, that's another – my wife's making all these notes. So this, I know is, you, this is wonderful. I know you guys said that you got some info or some, some articles out of you know your Palo Alto Weekly and all that, but you know – it, like I said, this might that that argument right there might be something that you want to make with your bigger media sources as well. 
Well, and you know what? That's a good point. I tend to talk too much, but there's also some older people that live in Palo Alto oh, yeah. that don't have the internet and don't have mm-hmm. smartphones. That, I mean, that is their destination in the morning. And they and may to could, go get their paper. That's and they may not even be buying tobacco from you. They're just coming in for the paper, right? You're, you're, yeah. Uh, fellas, I can tell you that we have customers. I can tell you exactly what time of day it is by them walking in the door to get their paper. I can tell you it, it's, oh, you know, there's Harvey. It, it, it's 930, you know, so yeah. it, it, it's they're They're religious on picking up. But, you know, the younger generation, oh, it's all online. So but yeah. uh, there's still a lot of people who like, still love holding the paper in their hand. Unfortunately, I wish we we could make enough profit like we used to in, in the good old days where you know newspapers could you know uh, subside your living. But unfortunately, there's not a big profit in, in the papers. Trust us, we yeah, understand. Yeah, we we know it from all <laughs> from all different angles of that. Yeah, so. yeah, but yeah, but you know what? The newspaper is still critical um, in our communities, and I'm sure it still is in yours. Whether people are reading. John Oliver did this whole piece on whatever his show was on HBO. I can never think of the name. Yesterday tonight or whatever. It is. It was a handful of years ago. Yeah. yeah, and he did a giant piece on what happens if local media goes away. And you know, he he referenced all of these television shows from national shows like to the Today Show and different ones that if you actually just listen to them, they're all referencing newspaper stories, whether they're getting it online or they're getting it in print. They're referencing local journalism in a lot of their stories. And that being said, when local journalism goes away, which I'm scared to death that it's going to, a lot of that information and a lot of the stuff about the city council that goes on is not, is going to go underreported or not reported at all. Yeah. One last thing. I know you guys been gracious for giving us all this time. Oh, no. We appreciate it's, your time. It's a podcast. We, we got nothing but time. <laughs> How awesome is that? We, we are, uh, well, we, uh, we feel that, that the mayor of Palo Alto, and, and I know his first name, Lori will share his last name, uh, Adrian. Adrian Fine. Adrian Fine is going to throw us the lifeline. So I think this week he kind of uh, indicated that he was going to get back to us and let us know. And we're all keeping our fingers crossed that the mayor throws us this lifeline where we can be here for another 85 more years. Well, I, I, I hope and pray that that is accurate. We definitely hope so. And um, keep us surprised to the situation. You know, we're, we're, like I said, in any way that we can help, just don't hesitate to ask. Gentlemen, thank you so very much. You guys enjoy the rest of that cigar. I am so craving going outside after this <laughs> It's going to cigar myself. So thanks for taking the time, fellas. I'll definitely see you on Instagram. Definitely. It's great meeting you, too. Nice to Neil, talk to Lori, you Neil, thank you so much. Okay. Bye, guys. So, yeah, so we really want to thank uh, Neil and Lori for coming on and sharing their story. And, uh, man, I feel bad for them. I know. And, uh, guys, seriously, get on and send an email and talk about the tourist aspect if you're not from California. If you are from California, talk about the support of a local business. Tag your tag your uh, email as Save Max M A C S, and send just blanket them with emails. Just Definitely. inundate them. Definitely, please, 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 because it's it's just not fair. Not, I mean, that's all there is to it. It's not fair, and and you know, and here here's the really sad part, Jeff. The really sad part is we're talking with Neil and Lori. And we're talking about Max Smoke Shop. But the sad part is how many of these shops are there that are dealing with the exact same thing in yep. their communities that maybe just haven't crossed my radar or crossed any of our radars. And they try their best, but 
once again, government overreach comes in and shuts them down. Well, and 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 what every cigar shop owner and every cigar smoker listening to us should think about and tell their friends is if that domino falls, where does it stop? It's not going to stop in Palo Alto. Yeah. It's going to spread like wildfire across the country. And if you want to save your brick-and-mortar stores, by God, let's get this stopped. Well, and that's why organizations like CRA are so important because, you know, it, it shows that we're all banded together and, and we can act as a as a as one unit, you know. I mean, it, I, I talked about it when we had Glenn Loop on the show the other week that – the reason the NRA is so effective is because when the NRA goes into a community, a state, uh, the federal level to try and fight anti-gun legislation, the politicians realize that there is, you know, millions of people backing that organization. And, you know, look, there's not a ton of cigar smokers in the United States. I mean, when you really break it down, the population of premium cigar smokers in the United States isn't very large, but... But that, by God, I, but we can I be think, vocal. But I think it makes it that much more important that we are organized. Yep, and vocal. Because if we're small and disorganized, we're going to lose every single time. Yeah, we are. Anyway. Hey, you know. Support Max. I, I look at cigar smokers like a chain link fence. You know, if you've just got one one chain hanging there, people can walk around it. But if we band together, we can form a wall and we can stop this. Precisely. So, getting back to the cigar, what are you getting? It's, you know, I mean, it's a good stick. Mm-hmm. I've, I've smoked uh, hundreds of these over the years. These Romeo and Julietas, um, they're just great cigars. I'll tell you, I'm loving the stick. It's a nice, you know, refresher for me. Um, because like you talk about, I don't I don't make it around to this cigar too terribly often. Um, I'm usually trying something different, trying something else. And you're right. You, you're in the humidors and you kind of walk past them. Partially because you know what it is and you're wanting to try something different. Yep. Part of it is uh, you know you can get it damn near anywhere. I mean, you know, my grocery store locally near me has a a a cabinet humidor by the self-checkout lines. Yep. And they have them in there. You know, the gas stations have them. I mean, this cigar is just a quintessential classic cigar. It is. that, That a lot of people know and it's around everywhere. And so... I do tend to walk past it, not because I dislike it, but because I'm looking for something else. Yeah. But every once in a while, man, it just scratches that itch in the perfect way. Absolutely. Well, like you said, it's a classic smoke. It is. And this cigar does come to us from the My Monthly Cigar Box for May. It is. It is the final cigar that we are smoking from the May My Monthly Cigars Box. And My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you can get cigars sent to your door every month. And they come in a variety of different sizes. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. There's the El Presidente box, which is eight cigars for $50. It's two of each of what's in the Robusto box. So it's eight cigars. It is eight cigars. And you can split it (laughs) with your... uh, you know, since it's two of the same thing, it's a good one for if you want to sit out and smoke with your dad, your friend, you know, brother, friend, wife, whatever. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, and um, all the cigars are uh, under the MSRP guarantee, which basically states that the value of the cigars in the box uh, is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. Um, the the box for May on paper was like a forty seven forty eight dollar box, but Nick was kind enough to uh, throw in a bonus cigar this month because it was his uh, anniversary box. And with that little guy, um, it I mean you know the price of that box 
went up and over fifty dollars. Oh, easily, uh, yeah. and and you got it for thirty bucks. It's just it's it's a good value. And when you go over to mymonthlycigars.com, if you want to sign up, use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T. That gets you free shipping on your first box. And it will also get you 20% off any of the items in their online store because they do have an online store where they sell all the cigars from the box. So if, let's say, you really like a specific cigar that's in the box... You can you can go on and buy a whole box of that cigar if you want like to. Like that Cohiba we smoked earlier this month. Precise cigar. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things. You can uh, you can go on and buy those. So and it is still May. And so they are we're coming down to the wire here, folks. But it is still May. So we've got a couple more days left. Nick is uh doing free shipping on any of the uh, orders from the online store. So if you go over to the online store, you can get free shipping on your order. And also, make sure we're, again, down to the wire on it. We are doing our cigar drive for Cigars for Warriors, which is coupled with our weight loss challenge. So you can go over there and you can buy uh, cigars that will go directly to the troops. You can get one cigar for $5. You can get five cigars for $20 or 15 cigars for $50. And if you use that offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, that will get you 20% off even those cigars. And you guys have to step in and help out. Nick has been really good with his weight loss challenge. I've floundered. He's floundered. I have. I admit it. But we have a goal. And we're, like I said, we're down to the wire here, guys. It was a two-month project, and we're coming up near the end of it. We've only got, what, two more days left. You know, this is coming out on Friday the 29th, so you're only going to have Saturday and Sunday. But make sure you head on over there, buy up some cigars. It's a good way to get cigars to the troops in a really cheap and and effective manner. You don't have to go to the post office. You don't have to worry about mailing anything anywhere. Just go over there, buy some cigars, and we'll make sure they get to the troops. Absolutely. So, uh, Nick, we talked a lot about Max Smoke Shop yes. and the need to save Max Smoke Shop. People yes. save Max Smoke Shop. And, uh, you know, if there are any other retailers that, you know, have a story to tell, have something going on they want to talk to us about, they need to reach out to us on the socials. How do they do that? Definitely. So uh, one of the things that we want to start doing um, on our Friday shows is actually – um, highlighting some brick-and-mortar retailers around the country. And part of that involves them reaching out to us. And you can get in touch with us through Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit or at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. We're also available on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you can always reach out to us through the Contact the Pulpit page on CigarPulpit.com. And guys, like I said, get go to the city of Palo Alto. And we're going to have the link um, that you can use for the uh, email to email them about Max Smoke Shop and the need to save that retailer. Guys, let's get on board and let's save these guys. Let's do everything possible that we can. Yep. So, now, dude, we caught a little bit of grief. For uh, what? For, for last Friday's show. What? What now? Just a little bit. There were a handful of people that told me that that was easily the most normal show we've ever done. <laughs> the one that we did with Sean Williams from Cohiba. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Sean Williams from Cohiba, for the love of Dude, God. Dude, you and I, I mean, going back and listening to it, you and I were on our best behavior that we day. Were. And I'll agree, that was easily our most normal show that we've ever done. Fair enough. You'll but, have those every now and then. Well, this one's fairly normal, too. It was. I mean, well, well, you know, we're, you know me. I like to tilt at windmills. And, you know, the government overreach drives me insane. 
which is you know part of the reason I have such a problem with what's going on in the state of Illinois right now. But I digress. Yeah. The People's Republic of Illinois. People's Republic of yeah. Illinois. You know, our governor, uh, his family can travel wherever they want to, but, you know, we're locked down. we got to go through Checkpoint Charlie to get across the river, it seems like. Oh, come on, Jeff. You're not being fair. He had to go to, uh, or his wife and daughter had to go to Wisconsin to take care of the animals at their farm. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's a farmer now. Yeah, you know, I mean, Jesus. his wife and daughter personally had to go and take care of the animals there. Now... I want to know now that they're you know not in Wisconsin anymore. I would like to know who's taking care of those animals. Well, my, and who took care of them when they were in Florida? My guess would be the army of migrant workers that <laughs> they're paying peanuts. But you know, I don't know that that's the case. So now, don't, now, don't sue on. me, Governor Pritzker. But whatever. Anyway. Hold on. Now we are talking about the same guy that ripped all the toilets out of his mansion so it would appraise lower, right? Yeah, he yeah. took all of his mansions that he wasn't like permanently living in. He, he ripped all the toilets out so that they would be considered uninhabitable, and that way he wouldn't have to pay uh, big property taxes. That's on still them. that's still being investigated, isn't it? Uh, I hope so because it was so definitely too. property tax fraud. Yeah, but, but anyway, but he's making me pay mine. I'll tell you that. I know it. God bless it. Ugh. Well, this has been our government overreach hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we've all we've all been there. We we know what's going on. You know, I dealt with a uh, county board. And this has been several years back that was going to pass an ordinance that everybody had to relinquish their phones when they walked into the meeting, which is so illegal. Because I, you know, as a reporter, I use my phone to record those government meetings so I can go back and get quotes and, you know, spot check things. Because sometimes when you're taking notes, you miss something here and there. And not to mention, I've had meetings where things happened and then they said they didn't happen. And luckily, we had a tape of that meeting to prove that it did. And those government meetings are all, at least in the state of Illinois, are all by law, you're able to record them. So, you know, the the county board was grossly overreaching that day, and I did everything I could to just, you know, knock their dick in the dirt, let's be honest. (laughs) Well, you know what? Hey, it worked. They're politicians, and I think they need to have their dick knocked to the dirt. That uh, that ordinance went away and never came back up. (laughs) Well, good. Yeah, it was me throwing, you know, just throwing the weight of the paper around a little bit. Sometimes You never want to get in an argument with somebody that buys ink by the barrel. Let's just say that. Or in our case, can put out an episode of a podcast at the drop of a dime. Damn straight. <laughs> so, guys, save Max. Save, save Max. Max. Yes. Well, and and you know what? It's like I said. This is one battle in a in a giant war on on tobacco, and I like. Look, I recognize that they're making some money off of vape, but I appreciate that they're saying, "Look, you know what." We're willing to take vape completely out. We'll be fine without it. Yeah, you know it's the it's the premium to uh, cigars. It's the t- uh, pipe tobacco. That's what's going to put them under. And and even chewing tobacco. I'll be honest with you, Nick. And I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but I I I chewed tobacco one time. My grandfather used to chew tobacco. I've never. I've never done it. I've never thrown up that hard in my entire. I've life. never had a desire. Oh my god! <laughs> it it made me so sick. Mm-hmm. I. I'm uh, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that I think I saw angels. <laughs> I vomited that hard. It was <laughs> well, I I was driving and I had to pull over and it was just 
it, a full body just wretch. You've it was described horrible. you've described poops that you've had that have been similar. Where you oh, this was angels. this was much worse. <laughs> it's much worse than any. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was horrible. But some people like to chew tobacco. I mean, it just they just do. It just happens. Yeah, not me. Well, there you go. But I do like pipe tobacco when I do like cigars. Uh, yeah, and it's. I mean, there's enough complications going on with everything. This is just one more thing that uh, you just don't need. Well, and our listeners are cigar smokers. I would say 99% of our listeners are cigar smokers. And guys, I'm telling you, if we let it happen there, it's going to happen to your shop. If it hasn't already. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's what's sad about this is... You know, this is one that we at least knew about. There's probably others that we didn't, but... But, yeah. We have the ability to do something about this. And I think everybody listening, it'll take you two minutes to type out an email to that city council and tell them what you think of what they're doing to that shop. Yep. So, as we're climbing off the soapbox here, I've got about a third of my cigar left. I'm down to the nub. I smoked fast. You were talking more. Mm Mm-hmm. That happens. I'm still getting that kind of... Creamy nuttiness, nuttiness from it. Yep. They're just good cigars. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's a classic smoke. That's the easiest way to describe this cigar. <coughs> oh, God. <coughs> Somebody <coughs> tried a retro hail. Oh, there's more pepper on the backside. Yeah, I haven't done one. Um, let, me, let, me, let me see. Oh, man. Yeah, there's, there's uh, more pepper on the backside of that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good burn. Woo, that's up in the nostrils. I was gonna say that that's hanging out there yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, so. that is. So it's all right. It's all right. Woo. Well, now I know coming up on Tuesday's episode, we're gonna feature uh, uh, our new friend Jeff Amendola of Amendola Family Cigars. And dude, I mean, that was a great interview. That was and, a great and, interview. Uh, I, I was really, really pleased with those cigars. And then the following. Um, Friday, so a week from from this episode, is when we're going to be cracking open the June My Monthly Cigars box, and that's going to be... Uh, is Nick coming on with I us? I would say we're going to have Nick uh, Nick Gervais. He's the owner of My Monthly Cigars. He's going to start coming on the uh, first uh, Friday of the month show with us, so that when we're cracking open the box, he can be uh, be on with us as we do so. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. And then He's the a great guy. And then the following Tuesday, June 9th, that's when we're going to have Nick Melillo. He's the owner and founder of Foundation Cigars. Oh, way cool. So, yep. So we got we still got more coming and uh, you know, more in the pipeline here. So, one of the things that I did want to touch on, I know we uh we're going to get into a little bit in our uh Tuesday, the second interview uh with uh our episode, I should say with uh with the Ask the Boys segment. But um, we are having a little bit of a thing with Instagram. Specifically, uh, they're allowing some cigar-related advertising to take place that definitely violates their their advertising policies, and it's something that is that has hindered our ability to promote this show to cigar smokers pretty well since we started, and. Rather than get into all the specifics of that. And, and it's not that we want them to make the other guys stop. We just want them we to just, have a level playing it field. It needs to be fair. I yes. don't have a problem with the advertiser. I have a problem that Instagram is limiting my ability to advertise. And so... Well, and Facebook as well. Exactly. Well, they're owned by the same thing. But exactly. The point remains, what I would like to ask everybody here at the conclusion of this show, 
just share the information, share the show with somebody, tell somebody about the cigar pulpit, ask them, Hey, have you listened to this show? If you haven't check them out and, and show them how, if you're listening to this, you know how to use a podcast app, show them on their phone, how to use a podcast app, whether it it be Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google, whatever. I mean, teach them how to do it if they don't know how and, and help share this show amongst everybody because it's the only way we're going to be able to um, grow and and extend our audience uh, reach out is through uh, grassroots efforts. Word of mouth, with baby. all of you. It's all word of mouth. Yep. So just if you enjoy the show, please just tell a friend. That's all I ask. Tell if you t- don't like tell it, tell your friends. Let them let them be the judge. Exactly. So yeah. say, have you heard these two morons? That's you got to listen to this. Well, that's true. Yeah. Although this Friday and last Friday were an example. Great examples of us being morons. No, we actually played it straight. Two weeks in a row on Friday, man. Who knew? I know. (laughs) Anyway, well, folks, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. Thanks again to uh, Neil Neil and Lori Lori from from Max Max Smoke Smoke Shop. Shop. Yep. So stay safe and stay smoky, everybody.